Welcome back to Asinine Radio, a weekly podcast where we talk about music and, well, that's pretty much it. So, uh, let's go! You're right. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I timed that one good. I, I, I got the baseline on my, on point that time. And the, the exact <laughs> moment that I thought you were going to say, hey, you started the haze. So I was, okay. was good. All right. Timing. Timing, I was, dude. I was, well, I was keeping time properly, that one. Very good. Very good. Well, this is Asinine Radio. This is the weekly music podcast where every week we get into a different band, different artists, and we break down one of their records, get into the lyrics, music, art. I was made and everything in between. My name is Tyler and way out there, hundreds of miles away is Jeff. While you're listening, go to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, give us five stars. Uh, all the social media is at Asinine Radio. So give us a follow, go subscribe to us, all that good stuff. And uh, let's get right into it. We're getting into Social Distortion. Their first record, Mommy's Little Monster, came out in 1983. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Mike Ness is really the leader of this band. Um, that's really the only person you really need to kind of know about when we talk about social D, especially this, well, maybe not, especially this record, but anyway, social distortion. Um, what are your, man, why are we doing that? Why, why are we doing social distortion this week, Jeff? Let, let's get into that first. Uh, just because that's what the fans wanted. The fans wanted us to do social D. We did orange County season and we, we deliberately omitted social D from orange <laughs> County season. We even did, though like yes. even though like Social D is the house band for Orange County. But we, yes. we omitted them on purpose because they're yeah. we've just never felt they were like good. And the house this band, week solidified. <laughs> you calling them the house band is just it sounds so so rude. But it's really not, but it just kind of sounds rude. And um and yeah, we, we did we did omit Social D from Orange County season. We we would we would we rather we oh, fuck dude I can't even what is wrong with me blickety blam <laughs> instead we did no doubt who we've, we've done a bunch of times on the podcast and Sublime as well who we've done several times but um yeah I don't know I'm just trying to be a jerk and be offensive I guess yeah that's but yeah okay. social D social D um they're really not they, they aren't a bad band um they really aren't they just make you know pretty average music. Nothing really stands out too much, but uh, let, let's get into let, let's get into our origin stories with the band. So, what do you got, Jeff? Go. I don't I don't know the first time that I heard Social D like specifically, or when I I realized that I didn't like them or like them, but an early memory that I have, maybe the earliest like vivid memory I have, was was downloading uh, on Kazaa. I was looking for. Johnny Cash, and then I I downloaded Ring of Fire, and then I heard Social D's version, but the one from Live at the Roxy. Oh, okay. So that one came out after their 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 self titled I believe that was like like well after we were probably like that was probably like late nineties I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was like my first intro to Social D, and I was like, oh, that's a cool fucking cover. Like I like that cover. That's a, that's a really great cover of that song, but like it's really not. It's really not because the, the the normal song is fine and they're still trying to be like the normal song. The only difference is just his crooning. And I've never been I've never been a fan of the crooner. Even still yeah. like to this day. Just not a fan of the crooner. Um so like that's my that's my first memory of like Social D. Aside from just always seeing them on like marquees around Southern California and Orange County. Yeah, that's true. I mean they they are an Orange County band. They're from Fullerton, California. Um, you know, very close to where we grew up, where I currently live. Um, seriously, 15 minutes down the road and I'm in Fullerton. I'm in downtown Fullerton where, you know, literally they they played shows. They recorded their, this first record, Mommy's Little Monster At. Um, but yeah, my, my origin story, I don't remember specifically. They've just always kind of been around, especially once I got into rock music and I started listening to K-Rock, the local, local LA radio station. Cause, because they would play Story of My Life, Ball and Chain, and Ring of Fire all the damn time. And they still do to this day. They still play it so much. 
also there are other you know alt rock uh, radio stations out here and they play the same three songs as well so it's just this is a band that's been constantly ingrained into our our Orange County psyche society I guess yeah um, you know th- this is also a band that I've seen I believe three times just because they're always playing shows around here and there was a point in like 2005 2006 um, where they were playing at the House of Blues in Anaheim every weekend for like four months. I know. So it was like a fucking residency in Vegas, dude. It was, it was just... yeah, it seriously was. And for what? And it was almost always sold out. Hello. Wait, yeah. No, can I can. Me? I can still hear you. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, it it was almost always sold out. But but you know, people would go. Like friends of mine, they would go. They say, "Oh, I have an extra ticket. Do you do you want just want to go? I mean." I'm like, okay, yeah, I have nothing better to do on this Friday night or Saturday night, so I just go see them, and not. Re- I mean, I knew a couple of their songs, obviously, but I would just go just to hang out with my friends and just kind of chill, and that's what it was. Like, I didn't go out of my way to see this band, but I, I've seen them three times, I believe, three times. But yeah, uh, yeah I mean, my my registry, I don't really know. I really don't. I don't know what it is, but they've just always been around this band. So. Always been around, and they just—they're always going to be around because this band, uh, God, this band, this band <laughs> fucking sucks, dude. This band is just not good. I don't even care if I'm like gatekeeping, fucking annoying. This band sucks. The only reason <laughs> they are even kind of popular, and I'll give them credit. I'll give credit where credit is due. The only yeah. reason why they are popular is because like no band really sounds like this. Like That's what true. other, even like like fucking Reverend Horton Heat. Right, like Tiger Army, like any band that even plays remotely close to this type of music, nobody really sounds like Social D. And You're they right. did it right. and they did it in like the early eighties. So I I respect them for doing it, but I don't like what you did. Because it's I don't just like not what you good. Did. But also they at least to the best of my understanding, they kind of popularized the the whole cowpunk movement thing that, that with their the nineteen eighty eight, the prison bound album in nineteen eighty eight. You know, combining so much of the the old country western with punk rock, which you know other bands really, really you know, were influenced by. Like Tiger Army is a huge example of that. They have a lot of songs that that have that that kind of cow punk thing, and Tiger Army does it infinitely better. But you know, you know, you got to give credit where credit's due, right? Social dude, Social D, Social D is so like Mommy's Little Monster, our album of the week. Yeah. I think it's their best album. That was just no that was no fucking brainer. That was easily their best album. Yes. But it's not a great album. It's just not. It's would, it's good. It's it's it's, it's, it's a good it's a it's a solid punk record. I don't think it it's just a punk record. It's solid punk rock. Um but yeah, it does have it, it does have Mike Ness's croony vocals, which are very unique. Musically, I think to me, overall, the the best part of the band is the bass player, but he only shines like On halfway through the album. Songs. Yeah, like the second half of the record it, where you're, was when I was like, "Oh my god, dude, this guy kind of has like some Matt Freeman shit going on." Yeah, but not as not as technical as Matt Freeman, but he almost gets squirrely from time to time. Yeah, that's about it. He does, and but only like the jam songs. That's true too. That is true too. Uh, but yeah, Mommy's Little Monster, it, it truly is the, the outlier for the band. This is the only true punk record that they did. Um, and then there was this kind of hiatus from 83 to 88 when their next record came out because Mike Ness, you know, heroin addiction and being in and out of jail and rehabs, you know, they, they just didn't put out any music between that time. And then when they did with Prison Bound, it's just like, what is, I mean, I was, I was shocked. I mean, the the only record prior to this week that I had listened to from them was the self-titled record was social distortion, social distortion because the, you know, it has the big hits and it's just like, whatever. And I just never cared for the record. I've never cared for it. So when I threw on mommy's little monster, I was like, dude, okay, I'm, I'm into this. I'm totally, I'm all in. I'm excited for this week. And then I threw on prison bound and I just thought, Oh my God, this is, this is, this is not going to be as fun as I was expecting. But yeah, just the I I do like the punk rock, uh, you know, roots of, of of Mommy's Little Monster. It's uh, it's 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 good. It's it's not the best, but it's good. I, I I mean, once we start breaking down a few of the songs, I'll get into the other bands that I, I feel like it sounded like, or they were taken, or they were influenced by, because there is there's definitely some influence from other bands here. I mean, there's 
there's influence from other bands here, but again, this is this is an era of punk that it was very that was kind of one dimensional. And and the one thing that I will praise Social D for is bringing is breathing new life into punk. And that's okay. what Mommy's Little Monster did above all else. The only reason why towards the end of my rap I'm already like doing my wrap up right now it sounds like <laughs> <laughs> 10 minutes the only in. reason <laughs> I just don't even fucking care the only reason I'm going to rate this album as high as I'm going to rate it probably is because of what it did for punk and who it influenced but yeah. even then I just don't don't fucking care I don't care I don't care yeah I exactly. love it yeah Exactly. What is that? The Ting Tings? Who sings that song? The Veronica? The Ting Ting Tings? I have no idea. Anyway. I uh, don't care. That's a good, you know, do, 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 do. It's a good song. Who is that, yeah. though? Is is that the Ting Tings? I don't know. I don't know either. Anyway, I went to. Um, Social Distortion, Mommy's Little Monster. What are your. Um, I guess we kind of got into the first impressions on this. I, so, like, um, when, when I was working at, at Rock This Town Records, you showed up. I uh, there was like a like a craft recordings repress of this in like 2020 ish um, that we had restocked and I was like I wonder like how good this album is because somebody came in and bought White Light White Heat White Trash and then also bought Mommy's Little Monster and they were just like they're from Arizona like oh yeah this is fucking great this is amazing I said like, okay let me hold on there dude let me see what this is like and I listened to Mommy's Little Monster so like my recent impressions of this is like two years ago well I guess three years ago now. Well, two, three years ago when it was repressed, but two years ago when I listened to it. Um, and I was like, this is not, this is a lot better than I thought it was going to be for sure, like hands down. Mm-hmm. But this is still not good. <laughs> like, come on, my guy. Yeah. This is not good music. This is better than I expected, but it's still not good. What, yeah. what, I, what I find interesting about this band in general is that it seems like they're popular worldwide. They they don't seem as regional as like your sublime and or really sublime, um, but from what I was reading, like they were they had a they have a pretty big following in the UK, as well as Australia and on and, and all over the US, and they just seem so hyper regional. Um, I I don't know it's just the things that they talk about that that he talks about, and because those his, three his fucking style. songs, dude, those three yeah. songs. Which are like the same fucking song three times. They really are, yeah. But those three songs are just, they're so easy to get into. It's just like, it's like training wheels for people that want to get into any kind of punk rock. God damn, dude. Man, like that that song, Story of My Life, like that is their biggest song. Even bigger than Ring of Fire. Story of My Life is their yeah, biggest Story song. Yeah, Story of My Yeah, you're right. It is. That, that song, fuck that song. That song sucks. It's six <laughs> it's minutes long. Good. And it's, just, it's not fucking good. It's not good. The, <laughs> the chorus though it is fun to sing, but but not because it's like, high school. <laughs> like good God, oh, yeah, my life. Whoa. Whoa. You're not woes, you're not man. you're not Elvis, bro. You're not in the fucking Rat Pack. You like your your croon is not good. Like, the people <laughs> you are you are inspiring are crooning better than you. You croon better on Mommy's Little Monster, man. Story of my life is just like that is like the most bullshit song that became popular for most bullshit of I mean, reasons they, and they for sure have better songs than story of my life like it's it, we're, we're not just i'm not or at least for me i'm not saying like all their music is terrible or bad because it's not there are some good songs but story of my life i mean there's so much i mean even off that record there are better songs than story of my life i, I, um, I don't i don't even like ball and chain but i think ball and chain is a better yeah. song than story of my no life. see i don't think so i think ball and chain is pretty yeah. But at least, so, at least, ball and chain in that chord by the, the, the ball and chain, ball and chain. At least he like like goes a little bit higher and then go then drops down like a little <laughs> variation in what he's doing yeah. in that bullshit yeah. fucking chorus. But man, dude, this God, this band is an image. This band is is just right time, right place. They started this bullshit movement, and they just ugh, ugh. The band name yeah. is cool. I like the band name. The band name is really cool. Also, you know, I, I think it's, you know, because they were just so, or Mike Ness was just so about the punk scene here in Orange County, That w- that's a big factor as to why they've had this longevity. Um, also, you know, back in, I think it was 1983 or 84, or I think it was 84, they went on tour with Youth Brigade and they made a documentary of the tour 
and you know and the 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 documentary was like of you know how the tour ended abruptly and shortly because of uh, the van breaking down they all had to come back to california and it was just like just like that whole story i feel like because of that documentary and being featured also on the decline of western civilization that that documentary as well like that really boosted the the i guess the mysticism of the band as well uh i, I feel like th- with- there are a lot of outside factors that have made this band popular that don't re- really relate to the music itself the music specifically but, this man, yeah. I, I can't even so like that documentary so they also went on tour with with minor threat and that like yeah. helped them like propel themselves into like stardom and that that whole documentary ended in a complete disaster like the band broke up fucking mike ness like had to like find his own way home because the band like completely abandoned him and it was just this this whole thing and this is before the even first album came out this is like 1981 or two this is the same documentary then because i didn't watch the documentary i didn't watch the documentary um, but I, I read just a lot of things about it from different perspective perspectives and that, that was like the whole thing about the documentary was just the whole implosion of social distortion before the first record even came out mm-hmm. and i i think i i man i do want to give this band credit because i do think that they are changing they are they changed punk music in the early 80s in the late 70s they did something that like inspired a whole genre of punk like there would be no tiger army if it wasn't for this shit I, yeah, I would agree. Somebody I, else I, I may have done right. it later on, but like for all intents and purposes, there would be no Tiger Army if it wasn't for this. Yep. But it's like they they invented a genre, but just sucked at it. You know what I mean? And like, <laughs> yeah, they, they they had the blueprint. Okay. Yeah, that's they were okay. the blueprint of it. Yeah, but they never they never perfected it. Yeah, that's and that's fine. That's, There's that's nothing true, yeah. wrong with that. There's nothing wrong to say, like, yeah, I was heavily inspired by this band. If it wasn't for this band, I would not exist. But that band sucks. I also feel like Social D are a band that unless you got into them like at a really young age, there's a ton of nostalgia or you were there at the time, like in the 80s, 90s, when they were when they were huge or you were in the punk scene in the 80s. Like, I feel like if you weren't specifically in that era, you're not going to really like Social D. I really I just like it just seems so specific to that era. And they seem like such a nostalgic band that. I just I don't really see this. I mean, I could be completely wrong, but I just don't see new like young people getting into the band. I really don't. Even like local local punkers and local kids. I mean, I don't. I mean, we haven't been in the punk scene or the hardcore scene in many many years, but I just can't imagine them going getting into social distortion over other local punk bands or anything like that. I just, I just don't see it at all. There was. There was like a, a there was like like a good group of people that I went to camp with like a good little tiny clique that just like loved Social D. So every time I went to a Social D concert, it was because they invited me and like they said, "Hey, do you want to come?" Either I bought a ticket for cheap or they had a ticket for me. But I, like you said earlier, I just wanted to go hang out with them. I wanted yeah. to be with them. I wanted to do whatever. So I have nostalgia with this band because I want to hang out with them. And like yes, like I can sing along to these songs because they're the fucking same. They all have the same progression. They all yeah. have the same kind of like tempo. They all yeah. go the same place. They're all so fucking boring. They're safe. There's like nothing unique about this band except for Mike Ness. And it but just see, so happens that he's the worst fucking part. So the key word there is they're safe. Because punk music is 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 repetitive. It can be monotonous at times. But it but, should never be safe. It should never be safe, and it should always have energy, and that those are the two things that that you can you know that's that social distortion. They're safe, and they don't make very upbeat, aggressive music or 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 more punk adjacent or punk music. Really, I mean, every most of their songs are pretty. Outside of the first record, most of their songs are pretty, you know. They're mid-tempo bullshit. Mid-tempo, yeah. Mid-tempo, yeah. I mean, but even Mommy's Little Monster, there's, I mean, outside of a few parts of some of the songs, the songs are, are closer to mid-tempo than they are anything else. I mean, they're, they're not they're not the most punk songs. No. Just the attitude. It, it's more the attitude. It's more the and attitude than anything the else. Attitude, cause it's the fucking attitude of half of these songs is just like, come on, dude, shut the fuck up. Good lord, whiny baby, and like so, like going back to like the whole. But like, mind safe you, thing okay, the... okay. So, so saying, you know, what a baby or whatever. The dude was like, 
between 18 and 20 years old when he wrote these yeah. lyrics. Coming from suburban Orange County, which, you know, in the end, pretty fucking safe. It's not like you're fucking in, you know, like downtown was, LA or, like, or... But this was Orange County Hollywood. in the late 70s, early 80s. It wasn't, it wasn't as safe as it is now. It was still but kind it was of up still, and coming. It was safer, yes, but... But Orange County in the 70s, and the eight, especially the 70s, it was all literally orange groves. Like, outside of Disneyland... Everything was fucking orange groves. But the punk scene was nasty. And the punk scene's always been nasty. And the but punk, the punk scene... No, but the punk scene in Orange County wasn't nearly as nasty as it was out in L.A. No. But it was still nastier than, than 80% of America. I suppose. Outside of, outside of Frisco, suppose, yeah. New York, maybe like Philly, and then here. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah. Yeah. But like... like, like oh, fuck. I oh. lost my train of thought. That's fine, dude. That's gone. <laughs> gone. It's gone. Because it's so stupid. I just clearly didn't care about it that much. So, <laughs> so let's let's get into our. Because uh, I do want to talk more about like you know, the scene and and keep it hyper local. Um, yeah. But let's get into let's let's at least get into right now our, our our biggest banger. So what is your biggest banger for Mommy, Mommy's Little Monster? Dude, the south the, the the title track Mommy's Little Monster. That's that's the best really? song. That's song. That didn't even so make my good. That didn't make my banger list. Dude, I got is, I got five I have five bangers and that I didn't have make four bangers. bangers. I have four bangers and that's my number one. <laughs> okay, let's get into it. Yeah, the title track. I so like like I give them a pass because it's their first album, but like the whole like murder the melody to death thing that they do, yeah, know, that they perfected on Ball and Chain and, and Story of My Life, it's still here. Like they murdered this fucking melody to death, but this <laughs> melody is catchy and I love it. It is. It's, it's very catchy, and this is also the point in the record where you kind of hear um, the bass kind of cutting through the mix, and he's kind of doing, he's kind of noodling a little bit, being a little bit squirrely. Like this song, he's kind of just like walking all over the the fucking bass, walking all over the frets, and it's it sounds it sounds awesome. It sounds really really good. The guitar leads really solid. Um, yeah, and overall, it's it's it, it is a catchy song, but I don't know it. There, it just I thought it was still maybe it just reminded me a little too much of like later social distortion, so I just kind of that's why it's not a banger. I, I don't know. I, I mean that's know, that's essentially what it is. It is this is this is later social distortion with just more like punk elements to it, I guess. Yeah, which is like weird to say because this is a punk album, but this is not really a punk album. It's just punker than they're not <laughs> punk albums. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's not to be like gatekeeper or anything, but this is like objectively just not fucking like punk. This is just like dumb. Oh yeah, going back to the the whole you said like the 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 energy thing with like with like punk music and like punk should never. You said something in the, along the lines of like punk should never be like boring, mm-hmm. and it's uh, like the perfect example is like is like the Misfits. Like the Misfits have croony ass fucking songs. Like they have shit oh, that's yeah. like this that sounds like this. But it's not this. It's fucking exciting and it's melodic. And <laughs> yeah. some of their most melodic songs are like a minute and a half. You're like, nah, that's too melodic. That's not punk enough. Let's just cut it in a minute and a half. Let's not drown it out to six minutes long. <laughs> like, good God, man. Yeah. And so, like, to think that like Mike Ness, which I do think like he is like they are pioneering like a new era of punk. He's not the first person to croon on a punk record. No, Danzig was. I mean, I. Was it, would would you consider Danzig the first punk crooner? Absolutely, dude, yeah. dude, like do 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 First, sure, dude. Danzig is the first. Yeah, punk there was nobody. Crooner. Absolutely, Misfits were so early on in the in in the whole punk scene, anyway. So yeah, he has to be the first. But again, like like yeah. like songs like fucking hybrid moments, right? Like how long is hybrid moments? Like two minutes long tops. I think it, yeah, I think it's two minutes, maybe two oh five. My God, yeah. and that song is barely a punk song. That, That's like and, a croony kind of like poppy song, and like fuck, uh, yeah, they cut it at two minutes, done. No that care. is probably the, their catchiest song too. They I could have bled that out to like four or five minutes, but they didn't. But they didn't. They didn't need to. But then you to. go you go into you know Danzig solo stuff. It's like, dude, now well, you got like five, six minute yeah, metal well, songs yeah, you know. where he croons, and it's just like, oh, dude, get and over. You, like, you, just, just, you don't just, yeah, you don't need to do that. So. Yeah, do not care so, about Danzig solo stuff. So yeah, they're like like Social D, they just, they just, <clears throat> I, I, 
I respect them for what they were trying to do. I respect them for like kind of what they did. I just don't respect them for how they did it. Yeah. Yep. 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 Mommy's Little Monster, uh, my one B. I love that song. It's a good song. Okay. What do you have lyrically on this one? It's good. It's, it, this this next song is a song of rebellion, as uh, Max Beamers from Say Anything would say. Uh, he's just he's just a brat kid who dropped out of high school and high school to follow his dreams. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Mommy's Little Monster? Yeah. No, that's not what this song is about. Mommy's Little Monster? Yeah, that's not what this song is about. That's exactly what this song is about. No, 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 no. Yes. No, this song has like, no, no. What are you talking? Mommy's Little Monster. Like all the things that like your parents don't want you to do, you are doing. Mommy's, the first track, the first line is you, he dropped, well, yeah, uh, but dropped out of high he, school. And he talks about like everybody's like di- disappointed for him. And like, he's just, he's being the kid that his parents would frown upon. That That's all it's well, about. Yeah, but, he's a fucking... Well, but it's not it's just a song it, of rebellion. It, well, I wouldn't say it's a song of rebellion. I think I, it's more of a song about burning out and having like, you know, no. having no. Yeah, it's more of he's a burnout burnt song. out at this point. No, well, he's, he's more. He's more of a burnout. But then, OK, so he's the first verse. And then the second verse is 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 the girl, you know, getting pregnant at 15, um, you know, and in doing and you know doing drugs and this shit so like the two verses are different because they they they're from the not the perspective but they're about two different people the, it doesn't the matter guy who and they're the about the the fact is still about this is just about rebellion the no, fact that a, she got uh, pregnant is because she had sex because she's having sex behind her i think it's more about and, i i don't think it's about i don't think it's about talking about how how he's a, a positive a positive the positive aspect of being rebellious, but I think feel like she had sex it, at fifteen. Like that's yeah, I know. I that's, I get it. it's rebellious. Sex. It's re- I think it's, it's more of just like rebellion. you know, it's a punker song. No, no. What, what do you mean? No. What, what do you think the song's about? Give me one because, line. Because you're, one ma- you're making it. You're making it sound like it was an give intentional. Me one, give me one rebellion, sentence. but it, it's more like the kids are pieces of shit. It's it's no. less about rebellion and more about the kids being pieces of shit. Why are they pieces of shit? Because they make really bad decisions, just just for the Bro, sake of being rebellious. Bro, that's what a kid is. That's what kids do. I, I get it. Remember when we I got arrested it. for <laughs> and shit? That's what kids do. <laughs> that's what kids do. It doesn't mean we're pieces of shit. It doesn't mean we're fucking dumb. Kids be dumb. You know, I think, okay, we've been doing this podcast for seven years now. I think that was the first time you've either of us have ever said exactly what we did and got in trouble for that's and what we, we did. did, and we got in trouble for it. Were we, we pieces of shit? No, we're just dumb fucking kids. All right, I guess so. <laughs> it's so fucking again. Stupid. Overall, we're arguing about things uh, that like, we don't care about, so like we have yeah. to argue about something. Like that's the reason we do this podcast is to argue about something. I'm just gonna argue about anything at this point because I just overall I don't fucking care about this album. I really don't. Yeah, I know we're really just kind of yeah. You're right. <sighs> I don't. So we can talk about the angels. Playoff baseball, I guess. I don't know. The 2002 world <laughs> champion Anaheim Angels. There you go. See, finally you got it. That's, I finally got go. it, right? There you go. There you go. That's it. That's it. Um, so, okay. So, Mommy's Little Monster is your number one. My my one B is uh, Hour of Darkness. Okay. Uh, what, what, where does this one sit for you? If it, That is if not a banger. a banger. That's an okay. I, I, so, I have no stinkers. I don't know if we said that earlier. Yeah, I, I don't have any stinkers either. But I only have four bangers. Hour of Darkness is not a banger for me. Okay. I So... What kind of stands out to me on this song is obviously Death by Stereo came out over a decade later, but the beginning of this song sounds like No Cuts, No Butts, No Coconuts from the first Death by Stereo record. Just it, it has that same that same kind of feel and same kind of beat, but it doesn't drop as hard as Death by Stereo, obviously. Um, this is also a more bass driven song. Uh, also, he sounds a little like this. Is, there's a lot of Matt Freeman I hear, too, on this on this particular song. It just cuts through real nice. Um, there are a couple songs, including this one, that has like this weird filter on Mike's voice, which is just like, why, why do that? Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, it's like, like not through like a megaphone kind of filter thing, but it just it's unnecessary. It sounds kind of stupid, uh, but I really do like the guitar solo or lead. It's more of a lead on this. It's just really, leads. really, yeah. It's just really no. There's one part where. It, kind of shred he shreds a little bit barely i know he's i know i think i know know what i'm talking about about, but it's barely (laughs) but it's really fucking smooth i and and i was i was actually pretty impressed by 
the guitar playing. I don't know if it was Mike or uh, who's the other, who's the guitar player? Um, uh, Dennis. Who cares? He's Dennis, only there yeah. for this record. Who cares? No, Dennis was on more than this record. It was the Ooh. bassist and drummer, right? Oh, again, none of these okay, guys yeah. are there from the beginning. These, there's yeah. a rotating group of people. Nobody's iconic outside of Mike Ness's vocals. Who cares? But I think another reason why I, I put this song as high as I did is because during the bridge too, um, it double times for no reason. It double yeah. times, but man, dude, it, it adds so much like character to the goddamn song. It's fucking yeah. solid. It's really, really solid. Um, but I mean, lyrically, it's just about drug use and going a little too far with it. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm really just, I tried to put, I tried to write down as much as I could about these songs because they're, they're good, but they're, they're punk songs, you know, in the end they're punk songs and there aren't, they aren't too complex, obviously not too much to talk about. It's not yeah. like we're doing a fucking yes record or some shit. And, but like even some punk albums are, are, are rich in, in what they were doing and what they created for punk. And I mean, look at descendants when we did Milo. Yeah, that was so many things to talk surprising, about. and it's like I cannot believe that what they influenced, and, and but like social distortion, even what they've influenced is such a minor subset of of rock music in general. It's just like you know, I mean, like how many bands Tiger Army and and Reverend Horton Heat, and just even like bands from Southern California, essentially, it just I don't know. Eh. Eh. Our yeah. darkness is cool though. It was a, it was it was a fine. I like I I don't I don't hate the song. I thought the the chord progression was weird or the chord pattern was weird. I should say it was very Jack White sounding that dan and dan and dan and dan and dan and dan and dan. like that sound was was a little bit weird. And then uh, it just reminded me like stupid fucking late seventies early eighties punk music like cheap trick sounding. I thought this was <laughs> dumb. And it, I eh. like like the saving grace was that double time part to end the song. Yeah. That but really it was, was uh, it was very cool. pop punky too, like the way they could, like the lead guitar came in. I thought it was very pop punky sounding. Mm-hmm. It was whatever. Yep. Yeah, it's whatever's. All the songs are just good. Good. They really songs. are. They were. I, I have some bangers. We've here. been talking I, so much shit, but I mean, this honestly, this this record is a good punk record. It really is, and 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 I do get why why people who like punk music really really love this record. I totally get it. It's it's one of the most accessible accessible um punk records i mean it's up there you could honestly throw this up there with ramon sex Pist- and sex pistols for sure maybe not the clash but but ramones and sex pistols you can throw <laughs> this up there as a, as accessible not, not gonna like that well it's true i mean the clash were definitely more a little bit more complex when it came to to punk music there was something different about the clash but ramones sex pistols ugh, so fucking run-of-the-mill and fucking boring honestly um i, I but, don't i don't disagree but it's no, just accessible absolutely. it's just yeah. accessible punk rock and that's what this record is it's not a knock to it it's just it's a good gateway drug it's a good so gateway a little, drug into the into the into punk music it's kind of a knock uh, whatever but what's wrong with being accessible we talk about blink being accessible to punk rock as well in the in the late 90s early 2000s because they were same with green day Green Day were, I mean, Green Day were significantly better and Blink are significantly better than Social D, but they're also gateway bands. They I really just, I, I don't, I I've, I've just have no, like, I, I have little to no patience for, like, the Ramones, who just released, by the time, like, like Mommy's Little Monster came out, the Ramones probably had, like, 10 albums under their belts. And their yeah, first no, album came right, out, yeah. what, like, fucking six, seven years prior yeah. to, to Mommy's Little Monster. So, like, a lot of time, because, like, things are, are happening, I, I could get it, but it's just like I don't know, dude. Fuck off. I feel like the okay. So like out of the big Ugh. three, the Clash, Pistols, and Ramones, I feel like the Ramones were only as big as they were because they were American. That that's why they were as big as they were. But they put out way too many records, way too many songs, way too many records. Sex Pistols were only popular because they were British, and also because they put out one record, and because of Sid Vicious's you know personal life. Really, that's well, why they're popular. Yeah. The Clash are popular because they're they're, they're, they're British they and they're fantastic. actually good. Yeah, they're actually yeah. really good. Um, but 
yeah, I just I don't know where I was but going Ramones, with that. I just want to talk. The were like an image. Like I, I feel like yeah. they were like an image. And but they like looked cool, and they had fucking shaggy hair, and they played fucking fast, kind of like staccato, like power chord and downstroked everything, and it was just cool guys. Like well, actually, just garbage all around. But the the point. The, actually, I remember from my point. My point was going to be that had the Sex Pistols made more than just the one record, had they made, you know. 13 records, or I think that's how many of the Ramones have. Had they made like 13 records over a 20 year span, I don't think they would have, they would be regarded as highly as they are. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think it's, I, it, it, the Sex Pistols, which we talked about when we did, when we did that record, never mind the bollocks, um, you know, it, it's, they're more, the Sex Pistols are only popular because of their image and what they did outside of music. That's really why they're popular. Um, not because of the actual music, because that's true. They were, yeah. they were. I mean, the, like the Sex Pistols. Well, I'm just going off on a tangent here, but there's the Sex Pistols were more disrespectful to society than the Ramones were. Like mm-hmm. Sex Pistols music sucked, but the Sex Pistols were like they were more disrespectful. They were disrespectful to to everybody in that era and then and the punk music, the scene. But like the Ramones had already released an album prior to the Sex Pistols coming out with their one and only album, but. Fuck but but and and Fuck see that's the thing with the Sex Pistols, they they capitalized on the shock on the shock value of it. That that's that's where they made their entire career. Is, and that's where they. But that's, that's how they but still that's make their career. That's a big part career. of punk. That's a big part of punk. It though. is. But it's only because of the Sex Pistols. Had the Sex Pistols not come out, maybe the maybe Misfits would have would have taken that taken that that part of the big three maybe, but I don't know. It's just the Sex Pistols blow. They suck, they do man. they suck. I mean, <laughs> they like look at the Stooges, suck. right? Like the Stooges are are, are they did it way better. They did it way. I, I mean, I'm not a big Stooges I'm, fan, but they did it way. Neither better. am I. I'm not a big Stooges fan either. I think it's a little too velvet undergroundy, garage rock sounding. But I mean, that's they were doing punk music almost a decade before they did, or the Sex Pistols yeah. did. Even a band like Death, the original Death, which I still want to do on the pod, the Detroit Death, they were out years before the Big Three and. They were doing it way, way better than the big three were. Even the, yeah. even better than the Clash. So, yeah. Anyway, this is this is where we go with, with the band that we just don't fucking care about at all. We just talk about things that we do care about. <laughs> Dude, we got to do Death, man. I've I've wanted to do them for so long. That band is so goddamn good. Not the metal band; they're really good too. But the the OG punk band from the seventies. Yeah, the, the, so the, the black driven punk band from detroit right yep yep like who the like what is even that dude i know and it's crazy like black because driven punk band from detroit in the was it the late 60s early 70s it was early early mid 70s they dude, yeah that's crazy they were fucking incredible i have the record on vinyl too it's just i mean obviously it's a reissue but it's fucking good they're the whole history too it's kind of it's sad they never got they deserves they deserved so much more than what they even still get you know it's just like Nobody really knows about this death band, but dude, they were absolutely killing it in the seventies, and the music holds up so goddamn well. <laughs> They're incredible. Well, like, dude, you're from Detroit, right? So, like, yeah. Motown is dominating the scene at that point, and even towards like the seventies, like Motown is just fucking taking over. It's sweeping. You're done. And if your name is not like Grand Funk or MC Five from Detroit, <laughs> it's just yeah. what are you gonna do? And and you and then bring the race part the race card into the race part into it too, you know. Yeah, they're all black. They're all they're all black, and they're playing punk music or they're playing like rock and roll music like this. No way, aggressive rock and roll music because punk wasn't even a thing at this point. It was, that that term had kind of been coined already with MC Five, but it wasn't popularized yet. Like they were just doing something so different. Nobody sounded like Death at that time. Nobody sounded like them. From the Stooges to MC5, MC5 weren't as aggressive. They weren't as punk as as Death were. Man, we're, we're let's fuck it. Let's just do Death right now. Who cares? We should. Social I just I don't even care. I I just there's so <laughs> many cool fucking bands out here that is not named Social D. I don't even care anymore. All right, let's uh, let's get back into Social D. Um, yeah. Let's let's get into it. Let's get into our two Bs. We'll get more uh, more into the Orange County scene after that. I guess right. Dude, I really just don't care about this album. Let's let's at least do a couple more songs. Okay, a couple more. Well, songs. My, my my two B is Moral Threat, the last song. Okay, that's my five B. So, let's get into this one. This is a, this is a five like minute song. Songs. 
I just don't want her saying why you like the worst songs. Yeah, Moral Threat. Um, I don't know. This is like a slow burn song. The, the melody's cool, but it's it's a slow burn. Like the instrumental bits of this are super solid, and they kind of just build. They build and they build up until that last part. That's just a jam thing. It yeah. speeds up. It slows down. It's just them kind of jamming the last, what, minute and a half. Yeah, it's definitely like an amateur jammy song. It reminds me a lot of us, actually, just when we're fucking around. Yeah. Like, it just sounds like something we would do just for shits and gigs. That's that's it. You find a groove, you hit it, you lock in, you speed it up, you slow it down, and then you end on however you want to end it on. Yeah, I mean, and they they really go, they really go, this is like their prog song. I think this is the, honestly, this is the proggiest song they've ever done. And when I say proggy, that's a very loose description of it but yeah it, it kind of is and you know just that first like minute of build-up just like the ringing out of the the note the the power chords and just the distortion the feedback and then it just drops out of nowhere into the the punk song and then the bridge it drops into like the slower slower thing and then it speeds up uh, as the guitar starts soloing and just for no reason it just speeds up like it wasn't just like a one two hit and then it goes fast like it just the tempo just speeds up for no reason, yeah. and I love it. I just love how just kind of carefree that 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 kind of thing is. It's just like shit you don't hear, you don't you don't hear in music anymore. It, because it is it is very amateur and it's goofy and and all that shit. But it was charming. Like in in the context of this song, it was just very very charming, and I uh, I did like that. So yeah, it's fine. It's a good song. It's a good song. Dude, I just, I I don't even I just don't care about these songs anymore. I really don't. <laughs> like I, we can we can kind of go through the motions if you want, but okay. Fuck. No, I mean we we don't have to really talk about any more of the songs. This band is right? just fucking dumb, dude. Like it's so <laughs> stupid, and it's just and like every time I've gone to see this band, right? Mm-hmm. It's just like we we've never like we have. I mean, you did in high school, but like post high school, we've never dressed to look like the band we're going to see, right? Like when we go see Weezer, we're not dressed like in like mod gear and stuff yeah. like that. When we go see a Post punk band, we're not yeah. dressed in punk band. I did like how you, you, you threw that in there. Post well, I had to because you had your Liberty Spikes, you painted your Nilla Carson <laughs> Daily, you had your AFI t-shirts. You were very you were very uh, trendy in high school. That's fine. Nothing wrong well, with that. That's okay. Not trendy, but yeah. no, within you were the trendy scene. as fuck. You were trendy as fuck. Yeah. Whatever I dressed Carson for Daly the scene. did, you did. I dr- but you know what? Okay, okay. Let, let, let's take a couple <laughs> steps back here. So yeah, I did. I did make some questionable decisions with my 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 fashion in high school. But I never I never went full in on any certain trend. I never had the the big swooped hair of the emo stuff from you know the Blink and Tiki Back Sunday shit. I never did that. I never did the TPK stuff. Tight pants, tight pants kid. I never got into that until very <laughs> later on. I got into it later on. Post high school, I wore dicky. I wore dickies from like 1997. That is true. You, from, you wore dickies like all through high school, dude. From like 1998 until like 2007, 2008, I wore dickies every fucking day. And then I, I got into skinny dickies, jeans. That's it. Yeah. And then I got into skinny jeans. You know, it took me a long time, but I got there. Um. So I never, I never fully followed trends in high school. I did a lot of stupid things. But I didn't follow a trend completely. Yeah. No, you're right. You were trendy. Um, so, Dude, you're so I, I think I think <laughs> <laughs> I think like I literally whatever, just gave you like six examples. <laughs> just poo pooed them all away with one, one fucking comment. I know. Yeah, you were trendy. That's fine. So, what? Every time I've seen Social D like live, it's it's like the same fucking dude. It's just like every, you know what I mean? Like the pinup like type girl. Yeah, this yeah. is gonna sound gatekeepy, but like I don't care because it should be gatekeepy because it's fucking annoying, and it's it's a scene, it's a fucking scene, and I don't I don't subscribe to following a scene just because it's the scene. Like follow the scene because it's good. Like the band is innovative. The band is like objectively good. They're doing something for the scene. They're doing something for music. Social D just kind of like created almost this scene, but then like fell flat. And like I've seen, I've seen Necromantics. That's a fucking dope band, dude. They're yeah, they are not rad. as good as Tiger Army, but yeah, I would agree. I would agree. But like that's that's a better, I guess, interpretation of what Social D was probably going for in the early days, because uh, Necromantics are punk as fuck. They're, 
but they're more they're they're psychobilly. They they've I don't, I don't know. They're more so she's psychobilly. Not good enough to be psychobilly. I think I think Mike Ness would love to be faster, to be more aggressive, to be harder. He's just not good enough. This band isn't good enough. They've never done anything good enough. So I just I just I can't I I just I couldn't get my head around going to the scene and, and wearing the stupid fucking clothes that I did and my my bright pink shirts going to these shows and just being like, wow, man, this is fucking dumb. This is all stupid. This music sucks. The scene sucks. Everything about this is just, <laughs> but it's, you, just it's all poser. You're all posers. You did, you did kind of nail it. Like when, when I would see Social D back in like the mid 2000s, a lot of the people there were, the girls were like the pinup looking girls, um, you know, with, with the hair, the, the polka dot dresses, the red lipstick, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And then the guys were always the slick back hair. Sure. You know, fucking you get your cuffs the rolled up in the pants, exactly. cuffs rolled up in the shirts. <laughs> the Maybe I don't get shit. it. Maybe like we just don't get it. Maybe like going out is a thing and like people dress up to go out. Like in movies and yeah. shit. Like you see people that they, they put on their nice like dress and their nice suit and they go out to dinner. We just, I mean, from Southern, especially from Southern California, like we're so casual in everything we do. Do we leave in the seventh inning at Angel Games and Dodger Games because we don't fucking care? We yeah, leave. That's true. I don't care the outcome. We're taking off. We're going home. I'm tired. Like it's just such a casual lifestyle. So put this much effort into going to a concert. It just seems disingenuous for the Southern California lifestyle. And I guess that's ultimately suppose, what, I've, yeah. what I've never liked. <laughs> It's a way of life, dude. Being in Southern California, the, our, our our lackadaisical approach to fucking everything in life is very Southern California. Yeah, you're right. You're and right. Putting this much effort into a band, into a scene, into a genre, into a a, a night out is just. But I'm not gonna. You can't knock ugh. knock people for that. I don't give a fuck. I'll knock people for whatever I want to. It's stupid. I don't fucking <laughs> like it. Dumb. Dumb. Oh man. So. So I, I do want to talk. I, I sent you a link to something earlier today about where Mike Ness actually used to live in Fullerton. The punk uh, house. A, yeah, the punk. It was called the punk house. I guess that was like a common term. I never really heard of that term before, but I guess it's like an all-encompassing term term where, you know, it's just it's literally a house where punkers hang out. Drugs are, you know, people are are using, they're fucking, they're doing all kinds of shit that they That's shouldn't be doing. That's what it is. It's, it's, it's where they're doing fucking drugs. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. But so it was this. It, it, the the apartment still exists. It's in Fullerton. Uh, I found the address, uh, and uh, and I sent it to you. And dude, I know exactly where this fucking apartment building yeah, is too. I know absolutely. exactly where this apartment building is. It's right behind Biggs, where a bar we used to go to in Fullerton, yep. right near the college, uh, Cal State Fullerton. And uh, yeah, dude, and and I've been over there for work before uh, when I was an EMT. And dude, I I do I know this fucking place. It's a one bedroom apartment on the first floor, and so 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 that that in itself is kind of cool that that I that we know where that is. But I saw on Zillow the rent estimate or how much the rent is to live in this one bedroom uh, apartment, six hundred forty square feet, nineteen hundred dollars, one thousand <laughs> to live in in one of those apartments, not. I mean, okay. It, it was specific to that apartment, yes, but I mean, I don't think Mike Ness living there is going to make the rent go higher. Um, but nineteen hundred dollars for a one-bedroom apartment, six hundred forty square feet—that is insanity. That is yeah. fucking. I I I was blown away by that rent. That it's just it's crazy. That's fucking crazy, and it's not nice. It's not a nice. Not a nice apartment complex. It's not at all. It's old. Like, it's run down as fuck. It, it is run down, but like so is like all of Fullerton. Fullerton's well, true. Yeah, I mean that, there was there was there was a, a, a five to seven year span where Fullerton was like the the biggest place for for like MS thirteen in like a gang area like a full FTT Fullerton Toker Town. They had like ties to MS thirteen, and there was a, mm-hmm. a massive gang problem. So like Orange County's nice overall. The Fullerton's, Fullerton's pretty old and pretty shit. It is. I mean, it's gotten better. Fullerton's much better than it was even even 15 years ago. It's much better. 15, 20 years ago. It's much better. That, like when we used to go to downtown Fullerton a lot and party, compared to now, it's way nicer. Way, <laughs> way nicer. But I don't know. Fullerton is... Uh, it's, it's, it's old. 
It's old. It is definitely old. Yeah. I, I honestly, I still like Fullerton. I like, I like downtown Fullerton. I kind of like that old, old town kind of feel to it. I just don't like the people that go there. I like the bars a lot. I like the restaurants a lot there. It's cool because it's right. It, the train station is right there in downtown Fullerton. Yeah, there's some cool tattoo shops. Some cool owners that at these tattoo shops. Like it, it is really honestly a, an awesome place to go hang out. It's just unfortunate that the people that go there are fucking douchebags. There's fucking fights, or at least back in the day when we used to go, fucking fights ev- like every fucking night. Cops were everywhere. It's yeah, that part of it sucks, but otherwise. Down in Fullerton's kind of cool. Kinda I mean, nice. that's 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 just like Fullerton for you. It's close to a college, so there's going to be binge drinking to the extent yeah. of, of two colleges, insane amount. Yeah, I mean, just, really, there's yeah. so many fucking kids that go there, and they're all there for fucking one reason: to get drunk, not to drink, not to like have a sip. They're there to get drunk. And how often yeah. do we go there and not get drunk? Fuck, did we we Never. show up there drunk? <laughs> I know. We had and, drunk and, just to go to downtown Fullerton. And the the funny thing is, I didn't even go to college. I just hung out with all the college kids. I hung out with you guys and everything. That's true. I, I lived the party college lifestyle, but I never Without went to Without paying for it. Without paying for it, yeah. I, but I hung out with everybody that did. So yeah. that was cool. I I, I like that that part of it. But yeah, full, downtown Fullerton was, uh, it was something. Fullerton's a cool sure. town. It's a hundred years old, man. It's got to be a hundred years old. It's one of the oh, oldest cities over, in, yeah. in Orange County. So yeah, oh, for it's, sure. Yeah, it's it's a cool town. It's a cool town. Well, yeah, high school. But damn, dude, have you ever been to like rich, rich Fuller or like, yeah, I guess rich Fullerton, like the hills? Yeah, we used to like run through Fullerton. Oh yeah, we hills. used to run. Th- yeah, that's right. Yeah, duh. I'm a fucking idiot. It's funny, like in the police academy, like all the all the guys, all like the old kind of like crusty uh, LAPD guys that retired. They all live in the Fullerton Hills and those mansions mm-hmm. that we run ran by, those fucking huge ass houses. But they yeah, bought I mean, that shit with like old money, though. Like you're not buying that with new money. But also, you know, back when you know, let's say in the '80s, you know, they probably bought those houses for a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like hundred thousand. Not buying that now. You're not. You're not working Fullerton PD and buying those houses. In the exactly. Hills. Not gonna happen. Yeah, those houses now, dude. I'm. I mean, I'm sure some of those mansions up on that hill will probably go for five six seven million dollars easily i mean those are some beautiful fucking homes God, and they have man, a view it's... of of all of orange county like you could see down to catalina catalina island yeah down to the beach or, or the ocean day. Yeah, yeah on a clear day you could see downtown la if you look the other direction like it's fuck it's 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 a cool cool spot the, the hills up in fullerton but honestly like i, I think know. orange county like could be the greatest place to live on earth it's it's so rich with history. It's almost as rich as like Los Angeles, but the weather's just a little bit nicer. Yeah. I think like like the demo or the, the geographics are a little bit nicer. And like Orange County is just so rich with history. And the beaches are Even nicer. Most of it's terrible, but the beaches are nicer than LA County. Fuck yeah. Um, like County I mean, Beach, I, dude, that's the surf capital of the world. It is. But but and then you go a little bit a little bit farther south. You mean I mean Laguna Beach? Laguna I fucking love Laguna Beach. Yeah, it's so fantastic. goddamn nice. The beaches are really nice. Crystal Cove, fucking beautiful. You go farther mm. south, you go to San Clemente, San Juan Capistrano. You know, Dana Point. I mean, Dana Point's a little quiet, and it's not really like a, a beach kind of thing. It's more for like boats and shit. But dude, the farther you go south in Orange County, the nicer the beaches are. Like one hundred percent, they get nicer. Well, like Huntington yeah, Beach. Yeah, Huntington it's... Beach is cool, but it's kind of dirty, and it's cool because like the surf capital. But I mean, definitely you compare Huntington Beach to to Laguna. The surf is almost just as good in in Laguna well, as it is in Huntington. It's it the, boy, the surf dude. in Laguna is pretty good though. It's it's pretty good, but like Huntington Beach is like good every day, every minute, every That's hour. That's true. But also, you have to deal with all all of the riffraff, the bullshit of Huntington Beach. The cops are worse over there. Um, just getting to the beach is more of a pain in the ass because everything is so far away from the beach, like parking wise and shit. Huntington Beach is kind of a fucking nightmare. Kind of yeah. a fucking nightmare. And then and as you Orange go further County's north, kind of a fucking nightmare. Yeah, that's true too. That's true too. But yeah, I don't know. Rich, don't uh, know, rich, rich history. And then they, you know, like going into like the history of Orange County and the LA County and the Tongva people and 
that indigenous Maybe population. Maybe really far of, back. I know, just like, God damn. And there's so much like history there with, with yeah. Orange County and, and, and LA well, look County. Look at all the... Well, if you go farther south too, you get you get all the missions in San Juan Capistrano. Oh, dude! All that shit. I mean that that's a whole another thing so to cool. unpack. It's, yeah, I, like even though it's 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 it, there's a lot of tragedy and a lot of people that were fucked over immensely. It was it was fun learning about that. Even though we learned about it in like the elementary school, the mission stuff, you didn't really care about it until after high school, right? You didn't go yeah. back and like research it and then realize like, holy fuck, a lot of people were here before us. And are not here now because of us. So that's exactly interesting and, and and tragic, but interesting overall. Yep, that's right. That's right. Yeah, social D, man. Social D is pretty pretty boring. Yeah, pretty basic stuff. Um, I don't know, man. So I I, I don't know. It's if you not have really bangers, let's like, talk about bangers. I have all I don't, the I don't really too. I just like, don't care. Yeah, I'm I'm the same way. Like, let's just we don't have to talk about the bangers specifically, but we just went through it. Like. My my number two is, it wasn't a pretty picture. Uh, another state of mind is my number three. Telling them is my number four, and then five is moral threat, which we talked about. Okay, the only one that overlapped because another state of mind. Okay, song that did that song reminded me of just early Green Day, just okay. early snotty Green Day, and obviously this was before Green Day. So, but like the sound is still there. And did you did that, you? I don't know if you wrote this down, but the beginning of that song. It, I thought I was listening. I thought Corn came on, just because the way what? he's hitting the the way. Well, well, hear me out. The way he's hitting the ride symbol, he's just kind of hitting that bell, and and it's like almost the same tempo as Corn's "Blind," the blind, the song "Blind," which where it just starts out with the ride. Okay. Like that's exactly how that song start. This song starts out, <laughs> and it's almost the same tempo. But then you know it doesn't do the guitar part and everything. It's just the symbol. And for a for for a very brief moment, I thought. For whatever reason, blind came on. I mean, like right. anytime you hear, like even when I jam at the neighbor's house, if, if anybody just hits that ride on that bell area, <laughs> yeah, like, okay, that's blind. But like <laughs> I thought this, I, so I thought this song sounded like like Thirty Nine Smooth era leading to Kerplunk Green Day Duke or Green Day sound, but I thought the melody was very tight Watt Hill. Like okay, like that's what it sounded like. I thought Green Day here. Um, it was a cool song, though. I, I got a lot of Descendants on this one. This song, there's another song, too, that reminded me a lot of Descendants. And then there were a few songs that reminded me of Bad Religion. Like, straight up pulled from Bad Religion. Um, but this one is more of a Descendants for me. I, I picked up a lot of that. Not so much I mean, Green Day, but I, I get it. I get what you're saying. I think the two bands that I, I think I pulled from was, I, I heard some Black Flag here, and I heard Green Day. But See, I, I never Green got Day's that. after... I never got anything as aggressive as Black Flag. Maybe some of the guitar playing, some parts. of the, some of like it was more yeah. like the soloing that reminded me of Black Flag sometimes because it was just kind of off the wall. It didn't really make make much sense. Um, but song wise and vocally, especially, I didn't hear too much Black Flag. There was a, there was a part in the song All the Answers um, that really reminded me of Rise Above the Dun 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 Like I heard that, and maybe yeah. that was just like happenstance. But I was like, I don't know, man. That's too close to rise above. That's too close to being in the punk scene. And these punkers, you know, like they 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 create a song and they're fucking like combing it with a magnifying glass, making sure they didn't rip anybody off, making sure everything's perfect. Ugh, <laughs> ugh. That's like my my macro uh, the punker aesthetic. Is I think that punkers just try so fucking hard to be unique. They try so fucking different. Yeah. And then not realizing that they're conforming to them trying to be so anti-establishment and trying not to conform. They're just conforming to punk, to the punk ethos, the punk style. It's just, it's just like, it's, uh, it's ironic. Let's just say that. Um, Also, I wanted to talk about uh, the the recording of this record, Mommy's Little Monsters. They recorded this in one session in one day, which I get. I totally get. They did it on Christmas Eve of eight nineteen eighty two, I believe. But even just but yeah, one day, one day, one like, day. That's, that's impressive. Damn. That, damn. I was honestly very, very impressed. I mean, I'm sure mixing it, whatever, took a took a week or two or whatever. But I mean, recording everything in a fucking day on Christmas Eve. That's, that's even uh, like that's punk, even by punker terms. Yeah, I know. Like really, <laughs> it's uh, it was pretty pretty cool. <laughs> um. But and then I also want to talk about the artwork. I really like the artwork. 
It's fine. I thought it it's it's different. It didn't look like anything out around that time in the the eighties, seventies, eighties. It just reminds you like Oingo Boingo or something. It's just eh. oh yeah, okay, I guess so. Maybe I maybe I'm wrong. Just like yeah, Oingo Boingo, like Dead Man's Party. It looks like Dead Man's Party. Yeah, it was cre- It was it was drawn by or or you know it was art was done by Art Morales. I couldn't find anything about this guy. I tried looking it up. I was just kind of like scouring the internet. Looking for information about this think, record. I think Dead Man's Party came out after this album anyway. So I think so too. I think Dead Man's Party came out in 84. Is it 86 or something. Let's see here. <sighs> What's the guy on Joe Rogan's podcast? I forgot his name. I don't know. Uh, Dead Man's Party came out in 85. I was trying to be as quick as the guy on Rogan's podcast. but It should already be on it. should already be on it. But yeah, that was in 85. So two years after wow. this. Three years. Or, yeah, two years. I don't care. It, it still looks like it. So I don't care. I don't give a <laughs> But honestly, Dead Man's Party, not that great. We got like an the OG album? copy in, super clean. Yeah, not that good. Don't like it. Don't care. I mean, the song's good. The song is really good, actually. No, it's 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 kind of not. The song is good. Come on. Eh. Eh. Come I would, on. I would like I would like to do Oingo Boingo in the near future, but uh, just their first album. I love their first album. That's it. Okay, I'm down. I'm totally down. Down That's down it. for whatever. DFA, as as the Bouncing Souls would say, DFA. Mm-hmm. Remember that song? You know what song I'm talking about? I do. All right, good. There's also uh, a special goodness song called NFA. Not for N- anything? NFA says, I'm not fucking around. <laughs> Pat Wilson singing, that's okay. Let's Man, he curses. Dude, I, I didn't care. know Pat Wilson cursed. I didn't know he was yeah. allowed to do that. Dude, if he's not in, if he's not in uh, Weezer, the, what's that band that he's in? <laughs> Weezer? <laughs> he can cuss. Stupid. Dumb. 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 Uh, anyway, Dude, I really, just like I, I, I'm like honestly, like, I'm digging deep in the pockets here to like pull anything hey, out. You know to, what? Like, stretch. We, we've hit. We, we've hit the hour mark. We've hit Good the hour God. mark. So let. <laughs> that's like our goal now. <laughs> the last two ep- or three episodes, it's like let's see if we could hit an hour with Dead Man, the Dead Man soundtrack, Billy Talent, and now this. These have been tough episodes for whatever reason. It's oh, crazy. Hold, be, hold on there, dude. Because at least with Dead Man, like. We both love Neil Young, and at True. least I love that movie. You hated it, but I, I love okay, that movie. Wrong. So I could talk about that movie all day. So that <laughs> was easy. Billy Talent was tough because Billy Talent fooled me because I thought I loved them, but dude, that band was just not good. And I don't even know what I ranked <laughs> the album of the week, but I hope it wasn't above like a two point two five. No, it wasn't. I think I think you ranked it a two from what I remember. I, th- I think I gave it a solid two. Fool me once, shame on you. Yeah. Or yeah. Fool me twice. Fool me twice. I give it a Can't two. You're right. Let's just do uh I'm I'm down for my wrap up here. I okay, don't, what do you I, got? I just don't I don't fucking care anymore. Yeah, wrap it up and then rate the record based off of our world famous three point rating system where three is a perfect album, two is a good album you're gonna continue to listen to, one is a bad album, give it a shot, and zero is the worst thing you've ever heard. So what do you got? Go. It's funny because like since high school, I just never really liked this band and I just don't I don't care. They've they're, they're Orange County's house bands, and and that's that's fine. That's great. He's he made a career out of it. He's he's done extracurriculars. And that's 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 cool. I think that he has helped define a subset of punk music, and I think that's that's something to to praise. I think that's 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 cool. Like nobody really like not a lot of people can do that. Not a lot of people can say yes. I helped I helped shape this subset of punk music. That's rad. I like that. I respect that. But this album is not that good. I <laughs> I would never buy this on the vinyls because I don't think it's unique enough outside of Mike Ness's vocals. And this isn't even like his most unique vocal performance. And no. that's that's what like gets me the most is like I like this album the most, but what defines Social D is not even here. <laughs> and so like really there's nothing about this band that I really enjoy. And this yeah. album, and I'm I'm feeling generous. I'm feeling a little toasty. I just cracked open a Guinness, a Genesis with a J. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm, no. We're digging, we're digging deep you here. Are digging deep, yeah. There's nobody, <laughs> there's nobody here. So I'm digging deep in the fridge. I'm Jeff is, pulling Jeff shit has out. been a, Jeff has been home alone, for the first time in probably ten years. No, ever in my life. Or ever really? Yeah, I guess I've, so. I've you've never. You've always I've lived never, with somebody. Always live with somebody. Yeah. Always. I have never been home alone by myself for more than three days, ever in my entire. And what life. are you on day four right now? 
I'm on day three. You're you okay? So right now, okay, you are experiencing. I'm officially. Okay. I'm officially. I've crossed the halfway point. I'm halfway <laughs> done with being home alone. And yeah, it's fucking weird. I don't like it. I, I after the podcast is over, who am I going to go bother? I don't I know. know. You have nobody to bother. It's That's great. It's fucking weird. I don't like it. But uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. Social D is just not. This base is not that good. They've done. They've done cool things. They've laid. They've laid groundwork for other bands that we love, but um, yeah, I don't know. I, I again, like I'm toasty, so I'm I'm feeling generous, <laughs> at most, and I think I may regret this this ranking. But at most, right now, I can give this album a two out of three. Oof. Okay, and I think like if I wasn't if I wasn't <clears throat> toasty, I would I would probably give a less a lot less. All right. Uh, yeah, my uh, my final thoughts, my wrap up. I, I think this band is important to the scene. I think they're a great gateway band into punk music. Um, I we talked a lot of shit, but you know, honestly, they're they're popular for a reason, and that is because they're a gateway band. Um, not to you know talk or make fun of like people who actually really like this band, but I think Why a not? lot of it, like in the I end, a lot of it, a lot sure. of it comes down they to to nostalgia um you know what it meant to you is like being a younger person and you just kind of you just you always have that connection that's what it is it's nostalgia baby nostalgia and really mike ness has marketed the band and his image to orange county which is cool that's super cool i i I like that because orange orange county i think is a little bit underrepresented considering how many bands have come out of out of this area um but i i do i do think it's cool that he really embraced it and is made it his thing, his kind of identity almost. Um, so yeah, with that musically, there's nothing super special about it. Um, it's just a, it's a good, it's a good punk record. It really is a good punk record. And because of that, I'm not opposed to going back to it at all. Uh, I would, I would go back to it. I'm not going to get on vinyl. Uh, I'll give it a two out of three, a two there out of three for me. At best. Yeah. At fucking best. At best yes. Yes, I would never, best. ever give this fucking a higher rating than that. But I could yeah. go lower. I agree. We didn't I, talk about the fucking, the, 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 the mascot, the symbol either. But Oh, yeah. Yeah, so the mascot, the, 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 the I guess I, I would call that iconic. The skeleton holding. mascot. I fucking love yeah, that mascot. I do it's too. So cool. It's a skeleton kind of like dancing, holding the martini glass. And it was created, it was actually created by, um, uh, uh, Melvin. Oh my God, what's his fucking name from the Melvins? Yeah, uh, Osborne. Uh, yeah, Buzz. Wait, was it Buzz? Buzz Osborne. Fuck, what's, whatever his so. name is. Uh, his wife actually created it. Um, as kind of like a joke for like a like a party invitation invitation that she sent out to to some people, and Social D, you know, adopted it, and it's be it's been their symbol for decades now. It's a fucking logo. I, dude, I fucking love that. I, I, I love it. I think it's really cool. It's just like, I cannot believe that cool iconography was wasted on a band like this. I agree with you. I that totally sucks. agree with you. Yep. Yep, yep. All right. Well, that's all we got. Thank you for listening. Go to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, give us five stars, tell all your friends, and uh, get ready because we're about to get into good season. Getting getting into another we we said we weren't gonna do another season for a while, but fuck it. We're doing We good needed, season. dude. We needed this. We're man, <laughs> Canada season. What the fuck, man? Canada good season. Lord. And then social D. Now we're getting into good Holy season. Holy shit, man. Canada season was just like, <laughs> wow. That's what you got? Really? All right. Okay. Whatever. All right. Stay tuned for good season and uh that's it. That's all. What the fuck? <laughs>